It's all His. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture enter His gates with thanksgiving into His courts with praise. That simply means there's a way that you walk in this place. You can bring your cares. You can bring your troubles. But with that, you need to bring your praise. Because you've come to the right place to be in the circumstance that you're in. And if everything is wonderful, you need to bring your praise because you're in the right place to praise the one who made things wonderful for you. There's a lesson in everything that we go through. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. Now, now God has some, some criteria. And, and I know that we think that he's, he's just love and that He has a lot of names. But in Exodus, I think it's 34 and 14, it says His name is Jealous. And he's, he's gone through the context of saying, don't have any other idols. Have no other idols. As a matter of fact, if there's an idol, crush it, burn it. Grind it to powder. Have no other idols. And it says this, the Lord your God is a consuming fire. And it says, His name is jealous. You ever seen somebody that's jealous? You've never known anybody that's jealous like God is jealous. His his jealous is a particular kind of jealousy. It, It means this, when it said His name is jealous, it means that was used of God as not bearing any rival. He's talking about himself. There is none like me. We just sang it. There's no one like you. But he says, there's none like me. There's there's no rival like me. I am the Lord, your God. And he's wanting you to understand, I am your God. And it also said this. The other definition of him being jealous is the severe avenger of departure from himself. There will be one day a severe avenger of department from himself. God is not jealous of you. We we think of jealousy in, in a very nasty connotation. God is not jealous of you. God is jealous for you. Because he knows the plans that he has. He knows the benefit of being in Him. And He knows that there's nothing else that can compare to Him, that there is no rival. And He knows also that our eyes can easily and quickly be turned away from Him. And He says this, be thankful to me. I love a scripture that says, in everything give thanks. Do you know how real that passage is? In everything, give thanks. Because you won't always feel like giving Him thanks. Can we just tell the truth for a second? I won't always feel like I feel when the music is is, is beautiful and we're singing a song and I can just, my spirit just joins right into that. How many of you know when your pipes burst? You don't feel like saying, oh, thank you, God. It's it's just pipes. We'll we'll get more pipes, God. It's all right. 
No, we ain't that spiritual, are we? Well, okay, your pastor's not that spiritual. Just so you know what you signed up for. Romans chapter 1. I want to read this uh, portion of Romans. Just just so you know, this is something I had never seen or or picked out until this week. And um, Logan's parents, my son-in-law, his parents were... We, we spent Thanksgiving together, and before we, before we prayed over the meal, I read this scripture, and, and when, I, when I, I, I looked at Scott and I said, I've never picked that scripture, even though it's just right there. I've never picked that out of that chapter. Romans 1 kind of has a, hmm, hmm. Those who know, know. You're like, hmm. That one's kind of strong, but there's, a, there's, there's something in there. that, that And he, he said, I preached on that this past Sunday. That was one of my, one of my, I was like, hey, the Lord's speaking to us. If, if we'll listen, I, I love that. But chapter 1, verse 18, he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress or hold down the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them it, it, it it's manifest in them in other words it's evident among them they know it because what may be known of god is manifest in them for god has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, now, this is the, the past, this is the verse right here that I wanted to concentrate on for a second. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Futile in their thoughts, their foolish hearts were darkened. Heads, one. Hearts, two. It always starts here. I've preached it over and over. The battle for your life is fought in this arena. Right here, in your mind. You cannot afford for your thought life to become futile. Because what happens here moves quickly to here. And when it gets here, you act on what you were thinking. It better be right thoughts so that you can act on right thoughts. It better be righteous thoughts so that your actions can be righteous. And it says this, they did not glorify him, number one, nor were thankful. That's where it starts right there. They stopped glorifying God and they stopped being thankful. It was all his to start with. But you understand what he requires? He he requires us to glorify him. 
And he requires us to be thankful. Have you ever given your children a gift? And they didn't say, thank you for it. (laughs) He said, I say thank you all the time. What are you talking about? (laughs) This is my baby right here. This is my baby boy. He thanked me for something last night. It made me feel so good. But, but, but it's my joy to give it to him. He's mine. Right? Your, your children are, are yours. It's just, just like my, my, my grandchildren. It's, it's my joy to give them. It's my joy to give something to my son-in-law. He, he's mine now. When, when he asked me to marry Michaela, you know what I told him? I said, if you'll lead her to the Lord, you can be a son. You'll be my son. He's mine. He's mine. And I, 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 I love him like that. I, I know he's up to something. I know he just whispered something. I know it. God will forgive him for that. But, what, but when it's yours... It's your joy to give them something. But there is a side that expects something back. Real simple. It's just a thanks. Thanks means they realize that something didn't just happen. It didn't just land on them. That a transaction was made. There was, there was an exchange given. Something, and there was something of meaning that went towards them. Right? So, so that's what what we are supposed to do. I, I said earlier that, that gratitude resets our minds. And I've used this example before. That, that David, when he was getting ready to face Goliath, you remember that? Do you remember what, Goliath, what, what David said about it? David was the, was the boy among men, but he was the only, if you could have flipped it, you could have said that he was the only man amongst boys. That's, that's really how it was. Because David had a man's mind at the time. And he went back in his mind and he said, he said, the same God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the same God that delivered me from the bear will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Do you, you see the, the, the mindset, the, the, the resetting of the mind? He went back to past victories. And when you go back to past victories, it forces you to think about who gave you the victory. And I can't think about who gave me the victory without thanking the one who gave me the victory. And that gratitude resets my mind. And with a reset mind, now I am formidable because I know who I belong to. I know who's going to get glory for this. I know who's going to give him glory. I'm going to give him glory for what he accomplishes. So, that, so that's what um, should happen. That's about being thankful. But according to what we just read, there is Another side of thankfulness, and that's being unthankful. And there is such a danger in that. If we ever get to the place 
where we get so comfortable with God that we forget to thank Him. The next thing that will happen is that we will just neglect to thank Him. And that produces something. If, if, if being thankful produces something, then certainly being unthankful has to produce something. And according to this, it produces a mind that, that what, what, what did it say? A, a, a mind that did not glorify him. My thoughts will become futile thoughts. Ha, have your thoughts ever become futile? And then my foolish heart would become darkened. You don't want your heart to become darkened. Do you know that there's a scripture that talks about Satan being put in a reserve in chains of darkness? Do you know it says that he's reserved in chains of darkness? That there's a, a, a reservation for him. And he still has an authority to traffic in your mind if you allow your mind to go to darkness. It, it's like driving onto a reservation. Have any of you guys ever been on a reservation? I've been in a reserv on a reservation. You know what I liked about going through the reservation? Speed limit changed. You could fly on a reservation. I mean, you could put that pedal to the metal. You could enjoy yourself for a minute on the reservation. Can I tell you, that's kind of like it is in the reservation of darkness with the enemy. There is an acceleration that takes place in there. And you will move quickly towards places where you do not need to be because now the rules on the reservation have changed. You're under a different jurisdiction. You're under a different law. The punishment will not be what you thought it was going to be because you've stepped out of where you were supposed to be and moved into a place that you shouldn't be. Can I tell you, when you allow to, to not be thankful and your mind, you know it's true, your mind starts going to places it shouldn't go. The next thing that happens is your heart will quickly follow. Your heart will quickly follow. And then you're at the mercy of what you were thinking about. And that is not a good place for any of us to be a danger in refusing to be thankful rebellion takes place remember he said you're mine and i made you and there are plenty of people right now and you think that they're sinners and you think that they're bad and you think that they won't ever come back i hope that they will but there was a choice that was made a rebellion that was made People that are away from the Lord didn't just... Yes, they're sheep. Yes, they're sheep. But there's something that draws a sheep to another place. A sheep has to be led. We have to go back to His Word. We have to hear His Word. We have to know His Word. We have to have His direction in, her, in, in our lives. I've got to have it. I'm your pastor, but I promise you, I've got to have His Word in my life. I'm not at home. My, my family can attest to this. I'm not at home scrolling through what every other pastor said. All the big names, I don't care. 
I hope that what they said is what he told them to say. All I care about is that I hear from him for you. Because they don't know you. And I know what I know of you. But God completely knows you. And I'm the voice into your life. I've been given that responsibility. And what, what, what shakes me to my core is that I know I'm going to stand in front of him one day for that. John, did you say what I said to say? I'll know real quick if I did or didn't. I'll know real quick if I did or didn't. I have to make that decision constantly right here. Should I say it? Should I not say it? There's plenty of things I shouldn't have said. I probably shouldn't have said a thing about Ohio this morning. But I couldn't help it. I remember a man named Woody Hayes. Does anybody remember Woody Hayes? Wow. I am not that old. I, I, I heard my mother-in-law talk about a man named Woody Hayes one time. I'm trying to bail myself out. I could quickly move past it. My wife tells me all the time. She tries to keep me in line. She said, John, no silly stuff this morning. I'm like, I'll try. I just can't help it. <laughs> A lack of thankfulness, an absence of thankfulness. That's probably a better way to put that. Instead of a lack of thankfulness, an absence of thankfulness. Exposes pride and the arrogance of man. It's in our nature to be prideful, to be arrogant. To quickly think that we had something to do with the good things in our lives. You know how you can tell when that's pride? We take credit for the good things and we don't want to take any credit for the bad things that happen in our life. It is he who has made us, not we are ourselves. This praise, I said it a minute ago, it's about who gets acknowledged in our lives. Uh, it's 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 not always going to come easy sometimes you're going to feel praise and sometimes you're going to have to push through your feelings to praise. That is a very real thing. It doesn't mean you're faking it. God judges our praise. You're saying, I just don't feel it today. He knows whether you feel it today or not. He knows everything. Praise is a referendum on how much you trust God. Being thankful is a referendum on how much you trust God. It doesn't mean that questions won't come back. It, it does not mean it, your, your mind, I'm telling you, your mind has the ability to take you places 
and take you to the extreme edges. That's why there's a scripture for that. Transforming of your mind, the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. God's got a good will, an acceptable will, and a perfect will that he wants to accomplish in every one of your lives. But he's going to require his praise. You were created for his praise. You were created for his glory. I'm telling you because I've been at the place where I had to decide. We're either going to finish this thing out or I'm getting off of this boat. And you might think it was when my daughter passed away. That wasn't when it was. It was in 2004. And I had come to the end of everything that I thought I was supposed to do for the Lord. I had been a youth pastor for seven years. I had pastored my first church. And I started pastoring my second church. And I found out that that church, that I was the fourth pastor in 17 months. Oh, boy. Fine. That's tough. I didn't know that, that that they didn't sell me that. They didn't nobody told me that. When that uh, when that was presented to me, I was told this. This church is progressive. They're ready. They're looking for a pastor like you and your wives. You guys are gonna get in there and it's gonna take off. <laughs> yeah, fourth pastor in seventeen months. Nobody mentioned that to me. I went to a place where people hated each other. There were fights breaking out. I'm talking about fist fights. My wife would know it's true. My, my oldest daughter, Michaela, she remembers it. She came to me and she said, why is my teacher fighting? And I'm like, your teacher fighting? Let, let me go back to the back and see that. <laughs> I had to tell those folks, and if we, if we had time to talk about it, you would say, ooh. Wow, that happened? Yeah, it happened. I, said, I had to tell those folks. Found out I was the fourth pastor in 17 months. Wish I would have known. Y'all mistaken me for somebody else. And I said, you don't even need a pastor. You need a man in a black and white striped shirt to come referee. So that y'all can go ahead and split this church like what I found y'all already split before. Y'all got mad. Y'all fought. That's why that church is down the street. Y'all are over here. Y'all ready to do it again. And I won't be the guy leading you anywhere near that. It was bad enough that I told my wife on a Sunday morning. I said, honey, go get our children and go out to the car. I'll be in there in about 10 minutes. 
and you could have heard a hair fall off of a mouse. You would probably say, oh, what was that loud noise? And I waited for her to walk down the aisle, get our kids, come out. I just waited. I thought, this is it. Might as well. And she went out the side door, and that door rattled. And then I got to tell them what I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell them. It was at that time when I did not realize I thought I had given everything for the Lord. I thought I had served the Lord with youth, with young people for seven years. And then I had pastored starting my second church. And I found myself in church so mad at God. So mad. I'm telling you, I was mad. And my wife, is, 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 she's always been a worshiper. and she's, she's right there. She's just worshiping God. And I looked over at her. And I thought, are we on the same planet? You know what God has allowed to happen to us? We, we ain't got nothing. I, I quit my last church. I ain't got nothing going on. And, and, and I remember sitting down during worship. I sat down. I'm talking about y'all's pastor, so y'all know. 2004, almost 20 years ago. I sat down, and I remember my fingertips being white. And I was so mad. And I was holding the bench back in front of me. And she looked down at me, and she said, what are you doing? I said, I quit. I said, I'm done. I was mad. And they were singing that song, God is here. <laughs> and he was. Because when I got that out of me, it sounded exactly like nobody that I had heard before. I did not know me. I did not know that side of me existed, but that was my pride. That was my expectation of God being not what I thought it should be. And he's demanding praise out of me right then and right there. And something happened. I realized that was my inflection point. I just sit with with my mouth. I just I just went from my head to my heart to my mouth and I had just said a thing. You ever you ever done something that you realize I just did a thing. I just did a thing. And my I looked at my hands and they were as tight and I was shaking and I was so mad. I probably looked like I was ready to fight whoever was closest to me. And just like that, I broke like a little baby. And I came out of that seat, and I walked all the way down to the front, and I just fell into the floor. And I truly felt like I fell into his arms, into my father's arms. And I felt like he was saying, 
Well, I finally got you where you've been needing to be a long time. But I learned from then, praise wasn't always going to be easy. I said we didn't have anything. I remember, I think the next service was the Wednesday night. I, I, I remember they had something on the weekend that cost $35 to go to for the, for the day sessions. I didn't have a job. I needed to be there. I was like, I was showing up there. I, I, would, I, I started leaving in the middle of the night. I would drive to the campus, the church campus, and I would just sit on these benches and just pray and talk to God. And they had this, this thing going on on the weekend, this conference. And I, I walked in, and I thought, certainly they'll, they'll let me in. And I, I know the pastor. I know him by name. And if he would have known this, he had probably had a duck. But I went up to the registration, and I said, I don't have $35, but can I please come in? And they said, not without $35. You can come to the night service. And I walked away so brokenhearted. But I didn't give up. That was somebody else's. That was somebody's immaturity. They had no idea what they were saying no to. They were. You know what they were. You know what they were saying no to. Some of your interaction. If I would have quit. If I would have quit. If I'd have quit, Gwen, you'd never heard what you heard. Fabian, we'd never walked through your dad dying. You know, we just, we just go on and on right through here. You see how ugly and greasy and slimy the devil is? That what, what he, what he could have stopped right then? I had to get a job at my, with my best friend, drive to Georgia from Greenville, South Carolina, every day, drive to Georgia, drive to Elberton, Georgia your hometown every day every day had to drive back and forth to drive an ice truck route i got to the point where i didn't hardly have a thing left my son doesn't know this he hadn't heard this i I had thirty-five dollars left that, that, that after i got paid you know driving doing a little side work we picked up some work at a church on weekends. We were having to drive to Cartersville, Georgia. We were having to drive three, three and a half hours to come home and then go to Georgia and work. And at the end, I had a daughter that was sick. I had Kenzie, had her bills, had all of these things. I'm like, God, I, I swear. I'm telling you, the, the praise still requires something. I'm like, God, God, I, you remember I, I, I answered the call to ministry. I was a youth pastor. I pastored two churches. And now, God, I'm, I'm having to drive all over Georgia to make enough money to just keep my nose above the water. On a Wednesday night at church, I had $35 left in my name at that point. I, I took that $35. I took it down the front and I laid it on the altar. I said, that's it, Lord. I figured, I mean, why not? I mean, $35 ain't going to get me very far. Might as well give it all. Might, might as well give it all. 
I had the the Lord started started moving for us to move to Fort Mill. And a door opened up for us to come to Fort Mill. I didn't have any moving money. I sold my beloved deer rifle. <laughs> Y'all know how close that was to my heart. Lord asked something big. <laughs> I sold my deer rifle for five hundred dollars. Had three hundred left. When we moved to Fort Mill, John Morgan had $300 left to his name. Hallelujah, I'm not there now. (laughs) What I'm telling you this, folks, praise is always appropriate. Praise is always required by God. And praise is your way out. Praise is your way out. You pr- I don't care what circumstance you're going through. You'll praise your way out of it. You'll, you'll praise your way out of it because if God is involved, he deserves praise. He'll always deserve praise. And you will be the appropriate person to give him the acceptable, appropriate praise that belongs to him. I don't, I don't know why I told you all that this morning. I just knew I had to share that with you. I I struggled with it a minute ago. As I look down, I see the rest. Oh, I thought. I think I made mention of this a few months ago. Right before I went to church that Sunday morning and quit. I had a little four-wheel drive Toyota, two daughters, a wife. We had two vehicles, but we were struggling. I said we were struggling. Struggling so much, driving that little truck back and forth to Georgia. I forgot to check the oil in it. I can show you right where in Greenville I was getting on the interstate exit, and I heard ching. You don't ever want to hear that in your in your vehicle. That metal sound, chink, and that thing locked up, and all of a sudden compression went out of it, and it barely drive. And I got home and I thought, oh. I had just enough money to buy the stuff to change the oil in it. I thought, Lord, maybe, maybe I can I looked at that that dipstick, it was it was nothing there. I was like, maybe if I put oil in it, maybe if I put oil in it. And I put oil in it. And I forgot to put the plug on it. And I'm under the truck. And I'm laid back looking at stuff. And all that stuff. I feel something just crawling up on my back. And it's all that oil. And I look back and it's just poured out all over the ground underneath it. Which that's just in and of itself. It's just enough mess to make you mad on the ground. Not knowing that I, my truck is dead. I, I, who am I fooling? and out of me I wish I could say came praise God was attached to a few of the words that I said yeah that bad it was the worst line of Bad adjectives, and if I ever hear that you say anything like that, 
<laughs> that came out of me. I apologize, parents, but, I, but I'm telling you, it was an inflection point. That, that, that wasn't in me except for it was in me. Let me preach that for a second. I can act holy. I can act like I had just got through preaching for, for uh, I don't know, nine or ten years then. But what came out of me didn't just magically appear. What came out of me was inside of me, you see. And my wife walked out just in time to have her ears pinned back. And she heard it. And as loud as I was yelling it, I think the whole world could hear it. Because I needed God to know how mad I was with Him. I needed God to know the injustice of what had just occurred. Has anybody in this place ever felt like, I need to tell you something, God? I'm living proof that I got by with it at least one time in my life without getting struck. But if he would have struck me right then, he would have had full right and authority to do it. I'm embarrassed to say that that happened, but I'm honest enough to bear myself in front of you to say that happened because that is what was inside of me 20 years ago. See, out of all those years, somewhere because of circumstances, I had stopped being thankful. And because I wasn't glorifying God, my thoughts became futile. And my foolish heart became darkened, just like the Scripture says. And I came to tell you, When the Lord took our daughter, don't think the enemy didn't want me to hearken back to those thoughts, but no. I'd learned the goodness of God that, yes, it'll hurt my heart forever. It will be broken forever. But this isn't all of it right here. This isn't everything. This is just now. And this is not forever. Because there's a praise that will take place forever. And she's already in on it. Y'all knew her. Y'all knew how she loved the Lord. But I've had to, a couple of times, hear my wife say something. I'm not going, I would not embarrass her. But I don't have to because she didn't act like I acted. But I've heard her say a couple of times as I held her, because we're five years into this now, and just this week she said it again. She said, I can't do this anymore because of the grief. And, and you, we, we, we logged Kenzie's life, and it is amazing how your mind knows things. Your mind knows dates, and when you come across a date, those of you that have ever dealt with grief on that level, you know when certain things happen, your mind goes to places, and you're like, I did not realize until you look back and realize, oh, yeah, that's what happened that day. No wonder. 
I've had places in my life when I would have, if I could have, I would have fallen apart. If I could have, I would have fallen into the, into the floors of the hospital. But I couldn't do that. I had suppressed things inside of me. And she's had suppressed things inside of her. And said, Lord, I can't do this anymore, John. I'm like, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can, honey. We, we, we're going to do it. And I've told her so many times, you're the only one that knows. <laughs> I can't even look at you. You're the only one that knows what I know. And I'm the only one that knows what you know. But we're going to praise God. We're going to worship God. I've been on the ugly side. I've been on the other side. That cannot be me. I can't let my mind be futile anymore. I can't let my foolish heart be darkened. I must turn it all over to God and thank Him for everything and everything He's worthy of praise. Can I, can I tell you that that is a dividing line? That's a line of demarcation. That's a line that separates you unto His possession. Can you praise Him through anything? Yes, you can. Let me, let me tell you, you can. Yeah, you might be human all the way through it, but at the end, Spirit will rise up inside of you. And you'll say, I belong to Him. And He'll say, you belong to me. I don't want to hear, depart from me. I never knew you. I want to hear, it's, it's my son, John. That's what I want to hear. He's mine. When I made the mountains that were mine, I had John on my mind. When I made the seas that were mine, I had John on my mind. Insert your name right there. When I made everything else on this earth, I didn't give it a choice. But when I gave, made John, I gave him a choice, and, and John chose to praise me. John chose to, to worship me. John chose to, to make praise his appropriate response. That's you. That's you this morning. It, it's what separates us from any other people. It's what, it's, it, you can even hide behind it. You can even hide behind praise, but He knows if you're His or not. That's why it says there's an acceptable praise. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about your search situations. Some, I know some, I'm your pastor. I know some of your situations. Some of it, it, it breaks my heart. If I was to go to a fair meter, it wouldn't even register. It's so not fair. But that's when I'm looking at it with, with, with my eyes and not his. Knowing that every 
pain, everything is, is, is leading to a production in my life. There's a man who lived a life away from the Lord, but when he found the Lord, and I'm not saying he didn't struggle with other things, but he wrote a song, and I thought, man, what a song. What a true story. His name was Andre Crouch. And he said, I, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come only to make me strong. And he wrote another verse. He said, I, I've been a lot of places and I've seen a lot of faces. He said, there have been times I felt so all alone. But in my lonely hours, and he called them those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know that I was his own. And then lastly, he said, I, I thank God for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys, and I thank him for the storms. Boy, that's a place in the Lord right there where you can thank Him for the storms that you've been through. For if I'd never had a problem, <laughs> it's my favorite line of the song. If I'd never had a problem, I'd never know my God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. And I don't know if you know the rest of that song that says through it all, but if I want, I'm going to ask you to stand and just sing that with me through it all.